So this is uh, Philippians 4, starting at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Judith, very much. Let's pray that the Lord will speak. Lord, we praise you for this lovely letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians as we've been thinking about the last few weeks. Come now by your Holy Spirit and shine your light on these great truths that are written here. Uh, speak through me, we pray, speak to each one of us. And may we hear you speak words of encouragement to lift our eyes to you above all that's going on around us. Speak, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's a day of great joy. Baptisms are always a wonderful, wonderful occasion to celebrate together. Uh, and joy is one of the great themes of this letter. When Daniel was preaching uh, right at the start of Philippians 1, what seems like months ago, it was only a few weeks ago, we picked up on this theme of joy. There it was in chapter 1, verse 4. Paul writes, in all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. And in today's reading, we had uh, chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Uh, and in many ways, it's strange that joy runs through this letter because Paul himself is in prison in Rome for his, he's imprisoned because of his faith in Jesus. 
under house arrest there, or maybe actually in prison arrest. Uh, he's not free physically, uh, but there's a joy in him that runs through all of this. Uh, the immediate occasion is that the church in Philippi has sent uh, some gifts to him, some financial support to supply his needs through Epaphroditus. And Paul is sending this thank you letter back with Epaphroditus back to the church in Philippi. And the passage we've had tonight, uh, you wouldn't know really that Paul was really struggling in hardship and in prison. It's full of joy and peace and gratitude and contentment. Uh, and it reminds, it speaks to us today in, a, in an environment where we're not imprisoned, but we are surrounded by this pandemic and various restrictions. And all around us is anxiety and fear and concern. It reminds us that to, to lift our eyes, that we can know joy and peace and contentment, even in the midst of difficulty around. And Paul suggests that we can really choose one or the other, that the way we set our trajectory, we're looking up to the Lord and him is one way, or just looking, focusing on all the problems, will point one way or the other. Uh, anxiety so often robs us of the peace and joy that God wants for us. In fact, anxiety is so spiritually toxic that do not be afraid or do not fear is the single most repeated command in the Bible. Someone counted up 365 times, one for every day of the year. I don't know if that's right or not. I've not, not tried to count them, but it comes an awful lot. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. And that is just as true today in the days of the pandemic as it is at any other time. Instead of that, God promises a peace that passes understanding. Verse 7 of our passage, uh, Philippians 4, verse 7, has, we, we, if we can put that one up, have we got that? Chapter 4, verse 7, there we are. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. That's the peace of God which makes no human sense whatsoever will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Sam spoke about that peace that he's begun to experience having turned to Jesus. Uh, the blessing at the end of the service, I'll often use these words to pray that God's peace, which passes human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Uh, and here is a promise in the Bible that we can know God's peace. Uh, but we live in a world where there's so much anxiety, we don't quite, we're surrounded by it, we don't always realize how much we're carrying around ourselves. The Bible sense of peace is a settled conviction that everything is in God's hands and ultimately, therefore, we are secure and safe and it will be okay. There's nothing that can separate us from his love. And so elsewhere, Paul tells another church, church in Colossae, to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So there's either a sort of trajectory that leads to anxiety or there's a trajectory that leads to peace. Uh, and just to, before we get into that a bit more, I wonder how you're doing on that sort of continuum between anxiety and contentment. Now, all of us are wired slightly differently on this. There's a bit of a normal curve for how we're wired. Some people are genetically wired to never worry. They're risk takers and thrill seekers. They're not very sensitive to adrenaline. And if that's you, it takes a lot of risk to stop you being bored. Uh, so anxiety may not be your problem, uh, though living responsibly might be your problem. <laughs> On the other hand, there's those who are much more naturally concerned. 
And uh, we're not trying to lead people into guilt for being anxious. If we're struggling with this, we need help. We need to come to the Lord. And sometimes we may need counseling or medication. But in general, we're to leave anxiety behind and head for the peace and joy that God promises. And St. Paul is full of this joy despite his circumstances. So Philippians 4.4, he actually commands the church in Philippi to rejoice. He says, this is verse 4, if we can put that up, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Uh, There was a rather annoying older Christian when I was young who used to greet me and instead of just, hello Jonathan, how are you, with a big smile, he would fix me with his beady eye and say, are you rejoicing? Which made me not not want to rejoice (laughs) at the point. But it was a good question. Am I rejoicing? Because joy doesn't need to be dependent on the circumstances. It can be an inner thing. Joy is both something we choose, we choose to rejoice, and it's something God does for us. He gives us joy and it grows. And Paul tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. Life is stressful. There will always be difficult people. There will always be difficult circumstances. Uh, Some relationships will always be difficult. Money can be tight. Circumstances can be hard. And with coronavirus uh, and the pandemic and the lockdown, life is difficult. I have to confess, yesterday afternoon, I found myself really struggling. Uh, I'm grateful to Simon for leading in prayer earlier for all who lead in any size thing, whether it's a small church relatively compared to the nation But actually, it's difficult to make decisions on how we operate at times like this. And when I heard Boris was making an announcement at four, I thought, right, I'll watch that, know where we are, and then I'll watch the rugby. And then it didn't come, and we started watching the rugby. And we said in our house, well, perhaps Boris is watching the rugby, and the announcement will come at half-time, and it didn't. We said, perhaps he's waiting for full-time. And it still didn't come. It was nearly seven o'clock. And by that time, I was really quite on edge about what was going to be said. And I found myself close to tears. I think I'm quite weary of this pandemic, and we're probably only halfway through it. Um, And Paul tells us to rejoice in all circumstances. And I just found that quite hard yesterday evening until I came to the Lord and brought it to him and found his peace begin to come back. Now, Paul certainly knew all about stress when he wrote this. He was in prison. He didn't know if he was going to get out or not but it didn't affect his joy in the Lord. Joy is a spiritual issue. It's not dependent on circumstances. Uh, Things can be going swimmingly well, and you can know there's something missing. You can have very difficult situations and know a peace and a joy. And it was this that Sam was touching on uh, in the early days of your Christian story, Sam. We pray that you will know more and more of that peace and joy every year that goes by, while circumstances will go up and down. Now, churches are meant to be places that are full of joy. And I have to say, when I was growing up, that wasn't my experience. Uh, And it put me off. I don't know, I came across some some churches that chanted things. Now, I've got nothing against chanting um, per se. If it's done well, it can be rather wonderful. But I don't think I ever heard it done well. Uh, They would be chanting, and make thy chosen people joyful. And it just didn't feel it. Do you know the story of... um, the school that was being sh- class that's being shown around the building, and they came across the war memorial. So our war memorial is over there. There's a plaque at the back, and next Sunday, on Remembrance Sunday, uh, I'll lay a, 
a wreath on that plaque, and we'll be live streaming from the building, even if there's no congregation here, but we'll do that. Uh, but uh, this school class is being shown around the building, and they came to the war memorial, and a boy asked the vicar, uh, so who are, who are all those people? What's all those names? And the vicar said, that's the list of people who died in the services. And he said, did they die in the morning services or the evening services? And his experience of church was, was that sort of lack of joy. And it's tragic. But the Bible says, this is from Nehemiah 8, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And God promises joy as we uh, get our relationship with him right. And if the joy goes missing, that's quite a good sign to us to think, well, Lord, have I taken a wrong step somewhere? Uh, and if we have, we can correct that. If there may be something else going on, if the peace goes missing, we want to say, Lord, have I, have I taken a wrong step? The truth is, God is a very joyful being. He was full of joy from all eternity. He will be full of joy for all eternity. Temporarily, God knows grief and sorrow at the tragedy of the world that's turned its back on him. But that is temporary. He is the most joyful being eternally. And the closer we get to him, the more we will experience his joy. So Sam's been immersed in, in water, but we've prayed immersed in God's love and his joy. And we pray you'll know that, Sam, and we pray that we would all know more of that. Now, the Philippian church probably wasn't too surprised to hear this. I don't know how well you know the story of the birth of the Philippian church. You can read it in Acts 16. First person to be converted in Europe was Lydia, the businesswoman. Second in Philippi, this is. Second person was a slave girl who Paul cast out an evil spirit from. And her owners were so cross at her, the fact that she became useless to them that there was a riot. He got put in prison. He and his friend Silas were in prison. They had chains on their wrists and feet and they were singing songs to Jesus through the night, midnight, in prison in Philippi. It must have been very annoying to the other, the other people in jail. But then there was an earthquake and uh, the jailer thought they'd all escaped, but they hadn't. And when the jailer encountered Paul, who he'd probably heard him singing, he said, what do I have to do to be saved? And he was converted. He's probably still there in the church in Philippi. And right from the birth of this church, there was a sense that joy is not dependent on circumstances. And Paul had lived that. So I want to focus on three wonderful promises in this chapter. We'll just look at, them all, look at each one briefly. They are fantastic promises of God. The first one uh, we saw is chapter 4, verse 7, and it's this promise of peace. The peace of God, which passes all human understanding, which makes no sense at all, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is a wonderful, wonderful promise, but it does come with conditions. Uh, so let's just read the verses up to this from verse 4. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. So we're clearly meant to be rejoicing, first of all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Let's just hold that verse. Let's go back, back to that one. So in, when we're tempted to feel anxious, or when we do feel anxious, instead of giving in to that and meditating on everything that could go wrong, we are to pray. Petition means asking. We're to come and ask God with thanksgiving. 
So if we want to experience this peace, we need to choose to rejoice and be thankful rather than to dwell on all the difficulty. So in any situation, find as many things as you can to thank God. In the lockdown of coronavirus, many of you will be naturally tempted to be anxious. That's fully understandable. I was experiencing some of that yesterday and sadness. We need to choose thanksgiving and prayer and rejoicing. Uh, as I've started with that song, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. We're going to look up, not to look down. So Sam's testimony this evening spoke of peace even in difficult times. Uh, if you saw our 10.30 service, Julie gave a wonderful testimony of how alcohol had been getting hold of her and God set her free from that and she knows a new peace and joy. That was wonderful. In fact, at 8 o'clock this morning, Chris, who was baptised in here, uh, when asked the biggest difference Jesus had made, he spoke about a peace. And it, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So there's the first promise, peace, but it comes with some conditions. We're meant to be rejoicing, we're meant to be praying, we're meant to be thankful and to know God's peace. Second promise uh, is to do with contentment. You get this in verse 13, Philippians 4:13. Uh, Paul says, I can do all this or I can face all these different circumstances through him who gives me strength. Uh, now let's just pan back a bit and we'll come back we'll read the verses leading up to this extraordinary thing as well so verse 8 let's go back to that Paul says brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things so in the run-up to this promise that's to do with contentment we need to choose what we're going to feed into our minds are we going to focus on all the stuff that is good and positive and healthy? Or are we going to focus on all the stuff that's difficult and depressing? Um, it's right that we're aware of the news. That's right and proper. But if we spend an hour or two each day listening to all the bad news and only a few minutes praying, guess which way that's going to go? It's more important that we're aware of the news and spend more time thanking God for what is good. It's not the pandemic that will get us down. It's our response to the pandemic. So do we choose faith to trust in God or do we choose fear? Do we choose worship to look up to the Lord and rejoice in him or do we choose despair? Uh, whatever you feed is what's going to grow. If you feed your faith, that will grow. If you feed your fears, that will grow. And Paul tells us if anything is positive and healthy choose to think about those things the sort of books you read the sort of films you listen to uh, the sort of music you listen to actually to be feeding ourselves with really healthy good stuff uh, is really important uh, let's go on for, and read verses from verse 10 so Paul says I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me so he's in prison Philippi is a long way away. It's on the eastern side of the Greek mainland, and he's in Rome in prison, so it's quite a long way. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Uh, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. 
I can do all this or I can face all these circumstances through Christ who gives me strength. That's a fantastic verse. It was one of the early verses I learned, Philippians 4.13. I think the version I learned it in when I was little was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, but it's really I can face all circumstances is what he's talking about, through Christ who strengthens me. But we have to do that, in, or for, in order to do that, to know that contentment, we have to feed ourselves with all that's good and healthy and choose to look up. So that's the second amazing verse in this chapter. And the third one I want to bring to your attention is verse 19. Another wonderful promise. Paul says to the church in Philippi, and God says to you tonight, through the words of Paul, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That is an amazing promise. Now, notice it says all our needs, not all our wants. There's an awful lot of things I want that God has not given me and probably won't. But he does promise to meet our needs. Uh, I remember at the start of lockdown back in March, I preached, actually it was back here, we did our first live broadcast from back here. Uh, I was there, Lars was with the camera, uh, Adam was there, and the boiler was broken. It was really cold, I remember. But I remember speaking to the church on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he promises to provide for our needs. He is our shepherd. He will guide us. He will provide for us. Uh, Paul was in prison in Rome, and he may well have been praying, Lord, I've learned to be content with nothing, and I've learned to be content with a lot, but it'd be really good to have some of these needs met. And then Epaphroditus turns up all the way from Philippi. He has no idea he's coming. There's no email. There's no f mobile phones. He just turns up, having searched for him and found him with this with this, this money to meet his needs. And Paul is full of thanksgiving that God has met his needs and he's confident that God will meet the Philippians' needs. And I'm confident that he will meet your needs as I'm confident he will meet my needs. Let's just back this up again before this verse and read from verse 14. So he's writing... Thank you to them. It was good of you to share in my troubles. As you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. So this wonderful church in Philippi has been giving to Paul on his missionary journeys for many years. Even when I was in Thessalonica, which wasn't very far away from Philippi, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. And the gifts are obviously nice, but what he longs is that they grow in their understanding and appreciation of the Lord. I've received full payment. I've got more than enough, he says. I'm amply supplied now. I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And here's the verse. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's great to hear Sam's story about bowing the knee to Jesus as Lord and this feeling of freedom and then this sense of knowing the trajectory is going the right way that leads to hope we know this is going the right way and peace now these are the Christians birthright and they are for you and what we're going to do is turn this to prayer for a few minutes and then to song so would you stand and I'll lead us as we respond to this in prayer Just bring before the Lord 
your own circumstances. There are needs that you have. There are anxieties and concerns that you have. It may be to do with the fear of being isolated in lockdown. It may be to do with your livelihood or enough money to pay the bills. There may be other things going on. Bring it to the Lord. He knows. And Lord, we're sorry for the times when we've focused on all of those legitimate concerns, but not on you. And we choose to look up to you tonight. As we sang earlier, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision. Give me wisdom. And we pray now, come, Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit and minister to us tonight here in the building and watching online in different places around the country, even around the world. Come by your Holy Spirit and minister to us at the deepest point of our need. Let's just be still. Just stand still before the Lord. You might want to open your hands in a posture of receiving. I find it quite helpful to breathe in and consciously pray, Lord, fill me with your spirit and to breathe out. Help me let go of the anxieties. So just breathe in, as it were, God's spirit, his peace, his joy. Breathe out the concerns. And you may find it helpful to thank God for everything that you can think of thanking him for.